What's up, everybody? Before we dive into today's episode, I have a quick thing I want to share with you. I think I mentioned it later in this episode, but I have started working with the Keto Road True Nutrition Coaching as a one-on-one holistic ketogenic nutrition coach. I can work with you to help put together your macros, how you should be eating, work with you on mindset, action planning. The program includes coaching calls, daily check-ins, and exclusive access. So if this is something you're interested in, go check it out at theketoroad.com. And now, on to the show. Hey there, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I am excited to have you with me today as we introduce yet another awesome dude to y'all out there in podcast land. With me today, I have Matt Miller. Matt, how are you doing today? Doing great. Doing great. Cool, man. Well, I'm glad for us to talk. I think Matt has a story that a lot of you are going to be able to relate to and has some definite twists and turns to it. So we will definitely get into it with that first question, Matt, as always. Tell us what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum. Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> so uh, I've kind of just been a uh, the, the typical story of uh, up and down weight story my entire life. Uh, starting back to as far as being just a little kid and, and starting to gain weight and and, uh, you know, really early on decided I was going to embrace my role as a as an offensive lineman. And I had big hopes for that, even though I was probably a little too short to, to ever do it uh, at a significant level. But just kind of uh, embraced the role and saying, well, I was big because I'm an offensive lineman and, and need to keep going, need to, um, you know, stay big protect the quarterback at all costs and uh, just kind of really always love food way too much to um, be a, a different position, we'll say. So, um, yeah, just uh, starting back that young, but, you know, even at that young of age, you know, parents and, and family had some concerns about my weight. So it was always something that was kind of at the forefront of my mind and, and knowing that, you know, it, it wasn't exactly healthy, but, for the longest time, uh, they kept telling me, you know, when you get older, you'll 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 hit a growth spurt, you'll even out, your weight will stay the same, but you'll thin out because you'll get taller, and and uh, it just never happened. The the taller I got, the the bigger I got, so um, it didn't really work that type of a uh, relationship. But uh, we just kept going with it, and um, it wasn't until after I kind of finished uh, football in high school that. Um, I started noticing a lot more like, you know, how much this was impacting my day-to-day life. So from there, just uh, did start kind of focusing on it um, and really tried to lose weight and found out that it's it's actually pretty hard when you love food as much as I do and, and uh, hate exercise as much as I did. It's a little hard to lose weight. So, uh, you know, going from there, we... Um, you know, I did, I've done every kind of diet you can imagine, you know, the Weight Watchers, the, the keto, the Atkins back as it used to be known, uh, just everything that we were doing, um, and, you know, had, had success and then would gain it back and then probably plus some usually, um, attended, you know, weight loss camps, did that for a couple years and, and really the weight loss camp did do some things that was, um, good for me long term. So I did learn a lot more about nutrition side of things. I did learn a lot more about, you know, um, 
exercise in, in, in ways that help um, lose weight. So like, you know, getting your heart rate up into the, you know, target like fat burn uh, heart rates and, and different things like that. So um, there was some good that came out of it. I started actually losing weight and probably lost about 150 pounds at one point um, going through these camps and uh, was at a really good weight and was feeling really good. I was in, uh, you know, a much better part in my life. And then things kind of got messed up through a messy relationship and those old emotional eating habits kind of brought me right back uh, down to not even square one, but way past that. So got up, um, you know, over a couple years back up to like 450 and family just, you know, continually said, listen, you, you, you've got to do something and we're worried you're not going to be around here for forever. Um, you know, it, we've got to do something. So I started, started exploring things like weight loss surgery. And I knew from a very early um, discovery that I, I was just completely against personally against like a gastric bypass. I just didn't, you know, them removing something and like changing me like anatomically just kind of freaked me out a little bit. So we, we opted with the with the lap band surgery and that turned out to probably be the 10 times worse of a nightmare for me. So, um, had the surgery, it went well for like the first couple months, weight started coming off. Um, but we noticed that, you know, when it was time for me to come off the liquid diet, that things still weren't, um, like it, it wasn't going well. I was having like a ton of acid reflux, which I had never had. Um, food wasn't passing through the band they they had to go in and and open it up all the way to see if they could let things and um not to get too technical but just uh everything was super inflamed from the surgery and essentially my body was not like accepting this implanted device and so after about six to eight months i had lost you know 100 pounds or more and they said you know what like we can't uh, we can't just keep going. Like I had a lot of issues with like the anxiety and mental aspect of this and just not being able to eat food for so long that um, eventually they said, we just think it's best to take it out. So I actually had to have the lap band removed and it, it was, it, it was a little demoralizing. I mean, I, I, I at first thought, you know, I can do this on my own. Like I've lost a good amount of weight so far. Um, I can keep things going on my own. And, and for a while I did, um, I, I got extremely active. I, you know, I've always played a lot of sports. Um, I actually started training in boxing and during a sparring session, I tore my ACL and that just sidelined all physical activity for me for, um, three, four months. And, and that's when the, the, Weight started coming back on, as you can imagine, for somebody that still was eating but trying to exercise and out outwork that bad diet. Um, it, it obviously caught up to me, so things kind of got back on track to being a lot heavier, and uh, got up to my highest weight ever of about 467. And this was back in like early last year, like February 2019, and just. Uh, 
noticed that everything I was doing was so much harder than it ever had been before. Walking upstairs, I mean, just uh, not being able to fit in seats, like being scared every time I went to a restaurant, is this chair going to hold me? Um, just going through the the real intense um, mental aspect of just not wanting to do anything because my weight was so limiting on what I was able to participate in. And of course, I was embarrassed. And so it was just became a really tough time. And I decided, you know, I really wanted to um, find a way to like tackle this. I had, I think one thing that um, kind of delayed me coming to that realization for such a long time is the fact that I had lost 150 pounds before. And it really gave me the confidence that, yeah, whenever I want to turn this on, you know, turn the mindset on uh, and flip the switch, I could lose it all whenever I wanted. Um, unfortunately, I used that as an excuse for way too long to just eat like crap and uh, not take care of myself. And so um, finally, it, it, it did catch up to me. We started making changes. I actually found somebody through Instagram and a nutritionist and uh, started working with him. And it, it was absolutely great. Just finding ways to like um, incorporate the types of foods and things that I was liking, but also like learning to make healthier uh, decisions and like small tweaks and changes that really made a, a big impact. Started losing a lot of weight. And um, but even with that, it kind of went up and down for a little while. So um, it, it, I'd, I'd lost like 40 pounds and then, you know, it would slip back and it would kind of fall off track a little bit um, and, and would gain 10, 15 back. And then I'd lose like another 20. And so I, I was I was still, you know, what I would say failing forward, which was nice. But, um, you know, it, being a, an emotional eater or, you know, a secretive closet eater is like, what I more associate with is somebody who eats in, in secrecy and late night and when nobody else is around and, and people, you know, aren't there to judge me, um, you know, doing that and then kind of falling off on the accountability side uh, with the nutritionist, it, it just didn't make a sustainable um, living arrangement for myself. So it wasn't, it was actually um, a good close friend of mine who I'd worked with. Uh, a larger guy and uh, him and I always joked about things and, you know, we could, we kind of had the, the funny big guy um, syndrome and, you know, we, we just, there's a lot of things that we could talk about, a lot of things that we discussed and we talked about our weight and our eating and, but we were just the two biggest guys at work and, um, I got a call from a, a former coworker that um, that he had actually had a heart attack in the middle of the night and, and passed away. And that really, that really kind of shook me. And um, to be honest, ever since then, I've been laser focused on losing this weight because I did not want to let that happen to me. So um, slash forward to where we're at now. I mean, I'm down. 140 plus pounds. I haven't done my official weigh-in for the week, but I'm expecting, you know, 142, 143 down and uh, still have like another 120, 130 pounds to go, but uh, really kind of like embracing this journey. And, um, and I feel like I finally have my mindset, you know, really focused on why I eat. It's not, you know, living to eat, it's eating to live and uh, just going from there and, and taking it one day at a time.
That's quite the journey, man. And <laughs> I think it's something that a lot of people can, I think it's something a lot of people can relate to, you know, thinking that you found the thing that's going to help and kind of getting into it. And then something, whether it's an outside factor or an inside factor, you know, leads to that derailment and then the regain. Because like you were saying, when, when you've got those qualities of being that emotional eater and the, the, the secret eater, like, which really I, I think is characteristic of someone that's a, an emotional eater in the end because of, of how much emotion you put on the, the experience of food. It's easy to like go from that place of focused to losing track. And all of a sudden you realize that it's, it's come back faster and harder than you thought. And you're overwhelmed again. And so th there, there's a couple things that, I want, that I'm, I'm kind of really curious about that, you know, I hope we can, we can dive into a little bit. And, and one is this, you know, is the going to fat camp. Yeah. Like <laughs> the, you're, you're, you're probably the first person I've had on the show that's, that's had that experience. So were you younger? What, like, were you, what age were you when, when you were doing that? Yeah. So I was actually like a junior or senior in high school. I can't, I think it was my, it was the summer between my junior and senior year is what it was. And um, I went there the first year as like a camper, like a, as an actual like participant in the camp. And um, it was, you know, they, they advertised it to me, like when my parents and, and my grandmother, when we were talking about, they, they kind of more advertised it to me as like a sports camp. They're like, oh, you're going to play sports all day. You're going to do all these fun things. And they're like, show me pictures. And they're not letting me read anything about it. <laughs> and uh, uh, I, I, doing my own research, I started looking into it more. And I was like, wait, this is like a fat camp, like legitimately like a heavyweights, like the movie. Like <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that, that's, where my, that's where my head goes immediately. Like when, when I read that, you know, when you sent me those notes and I was like, I've talked to someone who's lived through yeah. heavyweights. Like this is something. So many of the, the guys that I talk to, you know, and, and so many people I'm connected with on Instagram, whenever you talk about, you know, especially fat guys and former fat guys, like when when you talk about favorite movie, especially in different age ranges, heavyweights always seems, oh, yeah. seems to come up. And I remember, you know, the beginning of that movie, you know, it, a couple of the characters went through that same thing where the parents like just go into camp. It's just going to be fun. And then it's like get there and. Obviously, it's a, it's a different thing. You didn't you didn't go you you didn't really go through a bait and switch. No, it sounds I mean, like, I, I, but I, yeah, they, you know they they tried to, they tried to soften a little bit. I mean, they told me like this is going to be good for your health, and we we went through everything, and and like I said, like I was I was fully aware going into it, like what it was and why we were doing it, and um, you know, it, it was actually it really was like a great experience. Um, I enjoyed it so much that I came back the next year as like a um, assistant counselor or junior counselor, and then was a, a full-fledged counselor the next two years. And like I said, like the, the first year I had actually did tremendously well at the camp. I lost like 60 or 70 pounds, like in the two months I was there. So had an absolute great time. Um, but poor eating habits, like, you know, when you're the, the problem with a, a weight loss camp like that is that they put you in this uh, environment that is completely unrealistic, uh, to be honest. I mean, they, they put you in this thing where we're going to like serve you food four times a day and, um, it's going to be hyper like controlled with what you're getting. Like your calories are like 14 to 1600 calories a day. And you're going to exercise for like eight hours. I mean, it's going to be fun exercise. Like it's not like 
you know, running all day, but we're going to play basketball in the morning and then we're going to have like swimming for two hours and we're going to have like different types of like just activities structured throughout the day. And yeah, like in that kind of formula, of course you're going to lose weight. But when you come back and it's like, all right, like I've been losing weight and I've been having a good time and all this and that, and you go back to having a good time at home, you're, you don't lose the weight. So it's, it's a very different environment, but I had a blast. Like Love the camp. It was it was a good time. Oh, for sure. And I think because I remember being when I was younger, like seeing, you know, information about places like that. And it was nothing my family ever really considered. But, you know, it used, you used to kind of see it as especially as like a younger kid as like this is this is what will solve my problem, you know, like that environment. But I think you're right. Like in a lot of ways, it's like it's like a non-televised biggest loser for kids, you know, or for young adults where you're put into that environment and, you know, and, and they, and you know, the, the intentions are good, you know, when they're giving you, you know, what they, they feel is the education you need to keep it going when you leave. And that's obviously, I think that's the intention with every diet plan, you know, is that this, you know, they, they're building something sustainable for you, but in the end, like, especially when you're younger, you know, in a structured environment, almost anything can work. Take yourself out of that structured environment and, you know, the wheels are off and it's, it's easy to go back into those, those older habits. Now, one, one of the things I'm curious about too, in all of this, Matt, you know, you've talked about, you know, your family's concerns and, you know, as they grew, as you grew, were you the, the, the only person really kind of struggling with your weight in your family or was it like a common thing that other people were dealing with? Like, what, yeah, was, what so, was that like? Um, yeah, I mean, my mom has always been compl- like a very small, tiny lady. Um, my brother, like he, he's been uh, active, like he's one of the most active people. I have a stepbrother who's like a personal trainer and physical therapist. Um, my dad. I, I I wouldn't say he was overweight. He he had like a, a few pounds to lose, but and and honestly, it kind of made it worse because he'd be like, "You just need to like eat less and exercise more, like I do." And then I go and and lose these like you know twenty pounds, and then you're good to go. And it's like, yeah, but it doesn't. It's not the same. So I I was definitely the only one that was as obese um, as I was. I mean, we have other other like extended family members, aunts and uncles. Um, things like that, but uh, nobody in the immediate family really understood, um, you know, the same challenges that I was going through. So it did make it a lot harder. And have you thought, like, is it something you really, you really kind of dove into yet thinking about, you know, how your relationship with food developed, like where that came from for you? Like, is there anything that kind of sticks out? Like, because I, I think sometimes, especially like I relate a lot to this idea, you know, the idea of, of sneak eating and secretive eating, like is something that I used to do constantly, like, and it almost became like a vicarious thrill to me, like to know I could get away with it. Like, do you have you thought about kind of how that? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that I turned to food early in age. So when my parents did get a divorce, I think that was that was um from everything that me and my family both remember, uh, that was a time when my weight started growing at a, at a much quicker pace. Like I said, you know, when I was up until I was eight or nine years old, I, I was like a chub, a husky kid, they used to say, or, you know, a little bit of a chubby kid, but it was, it was never, you know, that bad. But after that point, I think I definitely started turning to food. I definitely had a lot more, um, 
had a lot less like supervision because, you know, my mom was working uh, super late and it was just me and my brother at home. And we just kind of like would I was left to make my own nutritional choices. And being a kid, you do not make great nutritional choices. So it's how many, you know, kid cuisines can I eat? And like, let's make some something, you know, it was all about just making stuff that made me feel good. And being from the South, like this whole comfort food thing is is very much a, a part of your life. And um, so I, I don't know, like what triggered the like the obsession with with eating and um, especially with the secret of eating. But I think. I, I enjoyed eating like all of us do. Um, but I think it was really um, at the more that they started getting on to me and things like that, the more I started doing the secret of eating, it was like, all right, I'm going to, if they're not going to let me eat something like they, they've cooked me like a dinner and it's a healthy one at this point, like I'll eat that, but then I'll eat something that I want or like something that actually tastes good when they're not looking. And so I think that really started the secret of eating for sure. Oh, and it's funny, like you're recanting these, recounting these details and like, it just resonates a lot for me. Like that, you know, it was very similar to me. Like it was around that same age, you know, that one, my family started really paying attention to my weight. And that's also around the time that my parents separated and they went from kind of hyper scrutinizing everything I was eating that first diet they put me on to there was so much other stuff going on and my mom working two jobs and trying to make sure we had somewhere to be and, you know, caring for me and my sister and just a lot of other things going on in the family that I started to realize that no one was watching anymore. And, you know, I could go do, I could go do the things I wanted to do. And I had my places I could go to and, you know, I could have a good, you know, I could have a meal with the family and then say I was going for a walk, but the walk was to the candy store. Like there was, you know, ways, you know, to, to make that happen. And so what was your, cause you, you, you played football, like what, what was your weight like in high school? Do you remember kind of like where, like, when did you really start to cross until like the, the, the point that, you know, like, cause I, I think for a lot of guys, like crossing that 400 pound, bar, you know, mark is a big thing. Like when did, what, what, when, how did your weight really progress over the years? Like what age did you start to really get to that size? Yeah. So I'd say, you know, I was, um, like I said, I was husky growing up. It was really once I got to probably like sixth or seventh grade before I like probably crossed like the 300 pound mark. Um, maybe, maybe a little later than that. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I stopped playing football the first time in like seventh grade and became like a lot less active and didn't do anything. Then I got back into it in high school, but I do know like in high school when I started the weight loss camp, my high at the time was like 347 or something like that. So, um, you know, pretty, pretty big for that young of age, uh, for sure. Um, but again, like went down back into the two hundreds by the end of that summer. Uh, but I think I left, like, I'm pretty sure I graduated high school, like, uh, well over 300 pounds. And, um, it wasn't until I got back up to like 350 plus, um, you know, afterwards that i finally started tapering down for that first big weight loss. And what do you think? Cause having been through, you know, some of the, you know, cause some people talk about like losing 20 and gaining 30 and losing 20 and gaining 30. And, 
you you've had some significant losses that you you regained from you know and and i relate to that as well and something i'm i'm always curious about is like what do you think like when you had that 150 pound weight loss like what do you think prevented you from making that a sustainable change yeah i mean i i was really dedicated and i was really motivated um honestly by the partner i was with at the time and that was you know, she, she, she definitely was like very vocal about like wanting me to be healthy. I had somebody that really motivated me and pushed me, um, even when I didn't feel like it. So it, it was almost like I was losing weight for somebody else, not for myself. Like, yeah, of course I reaped the benefit of it. But, um, when that person, like when we ended up splitting up, um, I went into a tailspin and, and the comfort, you know, has always been, food and i had the mindset that like okay like it's all right if you just go out to eat with your friends and enjoy it like we'll get back on track and then it's the never-ending cycle of all right new the new uh weight loss journey starts on monday and then on sunday night you're like yeah maybe it'll start next monday and just that prolonging and and honestly like I never realized how much weight i was gaining or like how fast it was coming back on um, after like when I'm on my weight loss journey, I'm weighing myself constantly. Like I'm having, uh, having the number, you know, I know that they always say, don't focus on the number, but, um, having that number up front in front of me, like all the time helped me stay accountable. But when I stop weighing myself, when I stop having these like check-ins, that's when things got up. And, and I, like I said, I didn't even realize I crossed the 400 pound mark until I went in for my initial weigh-in consultation for the lap band surgery. And I, I honestly was shocked. I was like, I'm probably like 375, 390, somewhere in there. Like, I don't think I'd cross 400 and they're like 440 pounds. I was like, wow. Okay. So yeah, like it was, it was huge. Like it was a big time shock to me. Oh, for sure, man. And, and I thought it was interesting when you were talking about, you know, exploring surgery and kind of coming into like realizing that lap band was going to be the, the procedure that, that you chose because of not wanting to kind of have the more real physical changes done to the body, which I think is a common thing for a lot of people. Like, I, I think it's, you know, I have some good friends that have had some amazing success and sustained success, you know, with bypass and, and vertical sleeve and, and the different different surgeries that are out there. But I know for me, it's like that place of in my head of is this, you know, something I'm going to need to have physically done to me, you know, to make these changes? Like, is that really what I need to do with something I, I don't think I could ever wrap my head around? Right. Yeah. I mean, it was it was for me, it was the lesser of like the three evils. So, I mean, I, I kind of weighed all of them. And again, that, that voice in the back of my head saying like, Matt, you've lost this weight naturally before you can do it again. This is just going to be a tool to help you kind of jumpstart this. Um, you know, I, I did go into it. Uh, I feel like a lot of people feel like, uh, these surgeries are like, a uh, the solution and the habits are still going to be there. If you don't change those that you're not going to be successful. It's the people that that truly use it as a tool. And that was my mindset going into this because I said, you know, I want to have this, um, you know, I, I went in with the expectation of having it one day removed. Um, I didn't know it was going to be so soon, but I, I fully went in knowing that 
this was going to be a tool to help me in the short term to like reduce my my binge eating, the ability to just eat and eat and eat all day. Um, if I could get that under control, you know, my activity level at the time was still really high. I was still playing basketball and and uh, baseball, you know, four or five times a week. So, you know, at the, at the time, I just thought that was going to be the solution. And that's why I went with it. Um, but yeah, again, it, it, it didn't, it ended up not working out. And now I hear like a lot more, you know, bad stories about the lap band than I, I do. Like what, what I still choose it the way I did. I don't know. Like, I, I think, you know, the sleeve is a, a much more attractive option at this point, but um, still, I just, I, I've never been one for really leaning on medical support, uh, you know, medicines or anything like that. I've just, you know, I've always thought that, doing it naturally or like making uh, changing your mindset was going to be the only way to truly uh, make this permanent change. Oh, for sure, man. And you had that experience of, of going through, you know, obviously the, the it's, it's a trauma to, to go, you know, make that decision, that big decision to have the surgery, you know, have the lap band installed and then to have it, through nothing that you're you're doing you're consciously choosing it's that you weren't out eating it you weren't you know figuring out how to slide a milkshake through or something along those lines like yeah which you, i mean you hear those stories like you hear great people of you hear people of, of you know great success with weight loss surgery and then you hear the stories of the people that figured out if they puree everything you know they can keep the the train going like to have to then basically have you know the doctor say your, your body's rejecting this. Like, I can only imagine, you know, kind of mentally what that does to you. Like, even as much as you, you had that, that bit of momentum, like, well, you know, I started making some change. Let me see if I can keep this going. I think it makes sense that it, there's going to be a blow there. That's going to lead to, you know, realizing that those habits hadn't really changed or reformed yet. And, and you fall back into those behaviors. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, when I first had it taken out, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. It, it was a huge blow. I wasn't excited for it. But at the time, um, after dealing with all the complications of having things like, you know, my literally my esophagus just being so inflamed because things weren't weren't able to like go down properly and and having so many like uh, panic attacks, to be honest, and, and the anxiety it brought anytime I would put anything into my body. Um, I was like, I was definitely at the point where I was ready to have it taken out, but I, I still felt like I had my mindset right where I was like, you know, like I can still do this on my own. I'm still motivated. I'm going to keep working out like this isn't going to prevent me from exercising and I'm just going to do what I can. And it, it went from, you know, still exercising and eating somewhat healthy to exercising a lot to try and cover up the unhealthy eating. And then again, when I tore my ACL and, and through the, the boxing, it just, um, that's when, that's, that's basically when it, uh, all the truths came out, you know, Matt's still eating like crap. And, uh, now that he can't exercise and, and work it off, uh, we are where we are. And after that was kind of where your weight climbed to, to your heaviest, like, yeah. what was your life like when you, when you hit that point? Uh, at the heaviest, yeah, it was uh, not great. I mean, you know, I, I've I've always had like a lot of confidence in myself, um, and and been able to, you know, I, I've always I, I feel like I've always been deceptive, 
deceptively like athletic where people just like kind of write me off. But like I said, I was still playing basketball, you know, multiple times a week, but I started realizing that I wasn't playing as much. And I started realizing that, you know, simple tasks of like putting on your shoes and like walking up a flight of stairs and going on walks, uh, you know, with, with family or anything that we were doing, it was just so much more of a struggle for me than it was, uh, than it ever had been. So I'd, I'd finally outgrown the, the part where your youth can kind of make up for, for, uh, your, your bad health to now being faced with the very true fact that this is affecting everything that you do. Um, you know, professionally, it, it definitely affected me. Like I could tell that, uh, you know, there's jobs that I would apply for or different things. And, and I did feel like, I was not getting it because people were judging me, looking at me like this guy can't even take care of himself. Like, why would we let him take care of like our business? And I, I felt very, uh, I started really feeling like the, the pressures of like how this is affecting every aspect of my life. And that's when it really got bad for me. Understood, man. And something I want, I want to make sure I phrase this right. Like what I would let if, if you can a little bit, because I, I think I, I understand, but I, I know there's people listening who are hearing you you talk about, you know, your weight climbing to that place again and hearing you talk about what life was like at that size. And I, there's got to be people that are, you know, and I think this happens like someone who's not dealing, who's never been over 450 pounds or over 350 pounds, you know, is horrified, you know, when they hear, you know, that even just someone saying, you know, and I would go to restaurants and, and, and worry about chairs or, or fitting into seats or, you know, having trouble putting my shoes on. Like, what do you what is your insight into why having those things happen wasn't enough to initiate change? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, it, you know, it, 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 I, I feel like. Uh, one of the closet, like, uh, like the, the staple cases of somebody who's an emotional eater is that when they feel like things are getting out of their control, they go to the only thing that they feel they can control, which is what food am I about to eat? And, um, for me, that's been something very, um, very true. I mean, it's just always been something that I felt like I control. I, you know, I, I felt like I started cooking and doing all these things and I just, you know, like food has, has become such a uh, focal point in like American society. Um, you know, it's, it's what you use to celebrate everything. And there's always food present when you're, you know, weddings or graduations or birthdays or, you know, it's all it's all almost focused around. Well, where are you going to eat? What are you going to have? Like, what are we going to be doing? And, um, you know, food has always been just such a big focus in my life that, um it's, it's hard to just say like, okay, yeah, these things are bad, but we need to make some changes. Um, again, I also still think that, that, that nagging voice in the back of my head saying like, you can do this whenever you want. Like, it's all right to do it for just one more day. Um, that that's really been my like Achilles heel. It's, it's, it's almost my pride and my confidence in my ability to do it. That's actually held me back from doing it. Yeah, it's almost like you get to a point where is when you've had some weight loss success and, and obviously failed at it, but you know you could do it. And you, so that you almost have it in your head like, well, I know what I need to do and I'm just not going to do it today. 
you know, like, let me, let me just enjoy the rest of this week. And once I get through this week, then we'll definitely, you know, I'm going to put those pieces back into place. And there's a couple things I need to get ready. And then the next week comes and then there's another reason exactly. not to, to make those changes. Exactly. There's always going to be another reason. There's always going to be another birthday party or the holidays are coming up. And, and, you know, it's just, there's always an excuse. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's really what started, you know, so I read this somewhere, so I'm not taking any credit for this, but uh, one, one little creed that I love is this whole make goals, not excuses. And it's, it's if you get so focused on your goal that the excuses don't matter, that's that's the only way you can really uh, start eliminating all of that noise that, well, I could probably lose more weight if it wasn't like the holiday season or, I, you know, I, I would eat better. But, you know, we have like four birthdays coming up and like I'll have to start after that. It's just like, what are your goals? How can you work towards them? Like and how can you not let that stuff get in your way? I think that's a great point. Like when you have that, that honest look at what your goals are and you're really kind of stripping down your behavior so that you're not allowing the excuses to get in the way. When you go to make choices, you have to think, is this something that's going to move me towards a goal or is this keeping me in a holding pattern or setting me back? Like you're not allowed to, you, you can't just say, well, there's a party or there's a holiday. It's like, no, the my I'm making my goals more important than the holiday than the than the celebration because I remember one of your Instagram posts where you talked about that I think it might have been about one of your graduations or just this idea you know that every event when when a significant thing happened you know there had to be a big food experience to celebrate it and I think that's something that a lot of people relate to like there's there is something really positive you know about coming together with people and, and sharing a meal and and sharing those sharing that time together like it's one of the few times, especially with our busy lives, like that we can actually, you know, sit down and pace ourselves a little bit. But there's a difference between wanting to have that time together to celebrate and getting more excited about the fact that there's going to be food there to celebrate with. Yeah, absolutely. And so you, you realize you, you got to this point where, you know, you're at your heaviest weight. You, you had that really kind of tragic experience with your coworker you know, finding out that he passed. And I think that's something that a lot of people too can relate to when you have that, you know, whether it's an eating buddy or someone that you just kind of relate to as, you know, that's someone who's in a similar position as me. Like it's easy for, for, you know, people to come together and through those circumstances and build connection through that, through that commonality. And then to have it kind of thrown back into your face, you know, this is, this is where it led him to, and am I on that same road? Like, I can see that being a, a big, you know, not to, allowing you to, to give you that momentum to get past, you know, start getting past the excuses and start that work. And I know you said it wasn't an easy road after that, obviously, because I don't think it ever is for anyone. But I, I think there is some real significance to having, you know, your your mortality yeah, in your face. Absolutely. I mean, that was it was a huge wake up call. And I mean, this guy was was a little bit bigger than I was. Um, but somebody I really looked up to and he was only a couple years older than me. And I just, I, I honestly remember thinking to myself, I was like, this guy is like older than I am. He's bigger than I am. Like, and he's still alive. Like I remember actually having this thought, like he's still alive. Like my weight's not that big of an issue. Like people are going to make it through. Like I'm a pretty active person. It was me continuing to make these excuses of why I didn't have to like install change right this second. And, uh, 
you know, hearing about his passing just really shook me. I was like, okay, like this was, this was literally the, the, the final flag, the final thing saying like, all right, you're about to reach the point of no return where you can't, uh, where you're not going to be able to turn this back. And so that facing that was really one of the most impactful moments of, of making of my entire life, just understanding the, the levity of, of what being overweight uh, can do to you. I mean, of course, you hear all the stories of people having heart attacks as they're overweight and this and that, but when it touches somebody that you know, uh, you know, well, and, and, and it's close to you, um, it, it brings things into a completely different light. And so it has, uh, you know, vastly changed my outlook on, you know, what can I do and how, how urgent do I need to focus on this? And I, I, I'm obviously sorry that you had to, you know, go through that experience to have that be that motivator for you. But in in a way, it's good that you capitalized on it and were able to kind of allow it to instead of saying, because I, I think it also would have been possible to say, well, you know, I'm that's going to happen to me, too. Like, let's just enjoy the ride while it lasts. It, no. And so looking at kind of where you've come from that time, you know, like looking at, you know, the, the journey you've been on for this past year, like, you know, a little more, you know, going over, it's been over a year, like. What do you think are the real changes you're making that are allowing you to see this as a sustainable change this time? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing for me is changing my relationship with food. So again, I, I've always been somebody that enjoys, you know, entertaining people, bringing people together. Uh, you know, I used to have a big family dinner at my house, like once a month that I hosted for me and all my brothers and, and cousins. And, um, you know, I've, I've focused so much of that around food. I've, I finally had to s step back and really change that. Um, you know, I did have some like medical issues that kind of forced that issue a little bit. So, uh, you know, luckily for me, I, I did have a little bit of a catalyst there, but just understanding that there's, there's certain foods that you need to have or like types of foods that you need to have to, to sustain. Um, but that's really all you need to be focusing on. If, if you want to have something a little special every now and then, it's okay. But I don't need to be eating like I'm, you know, on a fine dining menu every night for every meal. I mean, it's, there's, there's so much that you just need to, to function and the rest of it really doesn't matter. And it actually has helped in a couple of ways where, I'm, I feel like I'm actually valuing um, those times that I do get to spend with family around like a big event because I'm not focused as much on the food. I'm more focused on the moment. And uh, that's been something that's really kind of opened my eyes where, you know, we're having a big birthday party. I'm not standing over by the chips and dips snacking the whole time and just thinking, yeah, this is a great party. Like I'm actually having conversations and spending time and, and uh, really trying to, stay away from that stuff because of, you know, my goals. And, and um, yeah, I mean, it, it's been a completely different mindset change from my relationship with food. And that's been the biggest key um, so far. And what do you think? Cause I, I think when someone, you know, people listening who hear you, you know, have heard you talk about, you know, using food emotionally and, and the secret of eating and, and that challenge, like, what is helping you in that area? Like what, what is helping you so that you can be present at the party, 
but then not, you know, head home alone, you know, and, and hit a drive through or something along those lines. Like, what do you think is what, what do you think is one of the, the pieces that really is allowing you to work on that issue? Yeah. So it, it's going to sound funny, but when I started my, my Instagram, I, I only started it for myself at, to have like a, a record of like photos and like, like I could almost journal. I mean, a lot of my early posts are literally just me rambling on for like paragraphs about how I'm feeling and what's driving my mentality. And um, the only friends I had were my brother and my nutritionist. And it was an accountability thing. And when I finally opened it up and I started having people follow me and, and congratulate me and things like that. One, it, you know, obviously makes you feel good. But two, the biggest thing that I've really taken away from all this is the accountability. And it's like, do I really want to eat something bad right now when I know I have a way in? And like, it sounds vain almost like it's like I I'm I'm not saying like I'm doing this for my fans because believe me, I don't think I have any fans. But I have a tremendous amount of people that have been super supportive of me and I want to make sure that I'm doing this not only for myself, but I do have that accountability with other people and that's really kept my mindset a lot more focused on not eating foods that I need to stay away from. I think it's a great point that accountability takes on different forms at different times when we when we need it to. And I think there's some people that are firmly in the camp of, you know, you're only if you're not 100 percent losing weight just for yourself, you know, you're 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 going to fail. And I think that perspective is wrong when it comes to like using something like Instagram or another platform for accountability, because you are you're using it for yourself. Like it's not, you know, you're you are weighing kind of like the social reactions and things along those lines. But you're you're setting kind of drawing that line in the sand for yourself. Like, you know, I'm going to I'm committed to sharing this no matter what happens. And if I start that eating, you know, I, I fall back into that eating you know, it's going to be on display what's happening. You know, it's going to be something that, that's there for everyone to see. And I, I think it's almost like creating, like some people will say, you know, they don't use a scale. They they go by how, how their pants fit or how a shirt fits or something along those lines. Like, I think it's a similar similar thing to doing something like that. Like finding at the different levels of accountability we need at different times. And I, like, I know for me, like when I started my, you know, the weight loss part of my life, like the, this next round of my journey that I've been on for the past three years, like I didn't have anyone connected to my Instagram that I really knew offline in real life. Like that, that was very, that was the rare thing for me. For me, it was more, I needed the public accountability because I felt like I had personally built, built, I had, I had interpersonally within family and friends built up this huge persona of, you know, I'm a hundred percent happy. Don't judge me. Don't, don't come at me with, you know, your worry. Don't come at me with any of that. So if I were to have admitted to them at that point, you know, I'm afraid I'm going to die. I wasn't sure how I was going to handle that. So I knew I needed to be something, you know, that I put out there to, to complete strangers, you know, and who knew how they were going to react and what it was going to be like. And it wasn't something, you know, I knew I could handle that if a stranger rejected me because of something I was sharing then that wasn't going to be a big deal, you know, but if I shared with my family, how deep and dark some of these things went, you know, how would they react? And so I think, you know, for me, like that was the level of accountability I needed to start with. And, you know, and eventually I found other ways to, to bring it through, but it, it is really about finding the tools that work for us. Like you, you clearly, 
there's a lot of different tools in your journey, you know, that you've used, you know, and some worked and some haven't. And I think it's good to realize that, especially when you, you struggle with food on such an addictive level or, you know, with weight on such an extreme level, like it's not going to be overnight. You find the one thing, the, the switch to flip and everything changes and the next day, everything's fine. Like it is about that fine tuning of your journey. Absolutely. And I mean, I, I can't agree with you more. I mean, the, the whole thing with with my my Instagram specifically, I I, I did the exact same thing. I, I had one like my brother was the only person that knew me, knew me. I mean, even the nutritionist was a guy I met through Instagram and um, he a great resource. But I didn't you know, we, we talked, but we didn't know each other for a while. And um, it was just really interesting that. Uh, you know, like you said, having that people that you didn't know or that you weren't related to at all, um, you can put stuff out there. And if they judge you, you're like, oh, OK, whatever. But at the same time, um, you know, when it, it's it's a lot harder to open up to friends and family about that kind of stuff. And uh, I remember I, somebody like one of my uh, classmates found my my Instagram and as soon as I saw that they had followed me, I, I like went like I was mortified. I was like, oh, my gosh. And literally 30 minutes later, like 30 more of my classmates like started following me. And I was like, so I know somebody like said something in like a group chat or something. And then now like everything's turning in my head and my, my mind is processing like, oh, my God, everybody's going to know. But I really came to like the realization, like, you know what, like it, it's it's just going to strengthen that accountability. Now I have people that are a little bit more like more knowing of my journey. Um, and they are all so incredibly supportive. Like I got so many messages from them and saying like, we are so like proud of you. Uh, you know, we, we've seen your weight before and like, yeah, it, it's been a little concerning, but we never thought it was our place to say. And like, now that you're doing this, like we just felt like we should say like, you know, we're, we're so proud and, and it, it kind of like changed a lot of things from that perspective. But yeah, I mean, uh, having this, uh, the, the same persona with my family, I mean, I would completely ignore my parents and my, my grandmother and people, they'd start talking about my way. I'm like, yeah, 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 I know. I know. Like I've done it before. I'll do it when I'm ready. I don't need to hear this from you guys. You guys don't understand. Um, but you know, it's just been completely changed at this point. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I just couldn't agree more with like your story and how you kind of had to go through the same stuff. Well, I, I think that's fantastic to hear that. And I think it's, it'll be heartening for people to hear how that can evolve, you know, and how it can be something, you know, we're not the unicorns out here. You know, it's something where there are probably a lot of people in, in someone's life waiting to help. Who, who know that they would be rejected if they started that conversation first. Cause I know I get those DMS, you know, where people are like, I have a son or a brother or a husband or a, a wife or whatever it is. And I want to talk to them about their weight. How do I do that? And I'm always like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're, this is, this is a really murky, you know, situation because I think there's like the educator side of me. That's like, well, you could approach it from X, Y, and Z perspective and yada, yada, yada. And then there's like the person side of, you know, the, the fat guy side of me, that's like, don't yeah, exactly. you know, because, you know, when I did, when people did that to me is when I would cut them out of my life. Like you have to know kind of what minefield you're stepping into. So I think, I think that's a good perspective to hear, man. So, 
so you you talked about goals being something that's really important to you like you're you're down 100 you know 100 we'll say 140 plus even though the weigh-in hasn't happened yet we're gonna we're gonna put that out there into the universe what do your goals look like these days yeah so i actually um I actually started getting a lot more intentional with my goals. So this week I actually started writing down weekly goals and I am posting in my story as like just something for me to focus on. And um, I've set some, some goals with, with other people. So um, I met a couple of people from my home state here in Georgia and we decided we were going to run a 5k. So um, I have goals around that. So, you know, uh, couple of my goals this week were to to be able to run like a full lap and a half around our uh you know quarter mile track uh without stopping uh beating like a 48 minute time for a 5k because i'm doing just about a, a 5k every day to, to like really get my body used to doing that kind of mileage um so that so that's part of it uh a goal to making sure that i'm working out enough so trying to get six out of seven days um you know, so a lot of my goals are based around short term. I do. I still, of course, have long term goals, but um, I'm trying to get hyper specific with what are my short term goals. If I can if I can increase my or decrease my time every week um, on my 5K, that'll ultimately get me to doing like a 30 minute 5K. And so that's maybe my long term goal this week. It was let's do a 48 minute 5K. So um, just being really intentional with those, um, really focused and, and making sure that I'm setting like time around them. So, you know, of course, they, they talk about the SMART goals they have to be specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and then time constrained. And uh, just really trying to focus on that and, and set goals that are helping. I, I'm not doing as much on the food side, which I think is important. Um, you know, I have some general like loose guidelines of what I'm trying to do, you know, minimize how many carbs I'm taking in, uh, like a rough range of calories, but nothing too specific on that side. Well, that makes sense, man. And I, I, I think a lot of people, especially when they're starting a journey, when you ask them what their goal is, their goal is lose weight. Right. You know, I want to I want or their why is lose weight. And what is your perspective on on maybe why that isn't a specific enough goal? Yeah, I mean, it's so funny. So again, uh, the nutritionist Noah, he he really challenged me a lot on this point. And he's like, what is your why? And, you know, you can say, well, I want to lose weight. Well, why do you want to lose weight? It's like, well, um, you know, I, I want to be able to, you know, get a wife and, and have a family someday. Well, why is that important? Well, you know, it boils down to like not wanting to be alone forever. And like, I'm a special person. So like just digging deeper and deeper, I think, you know, yeah, that these are the easy answers and they kind of deflect why they're really doing it. But if you really focus on what your deeper why is, um, I think that's the only way that you can be honest with yourself and, and really understand the type of commitment that you're, it's going to take. So just saying you want to lose weight, um, it doesn't really give you much to, to, go on it's like okay you want to lose weight but you know do you have a specific number like uh even even people that say you know my having goal weights like i have a goal weight it's to be under 220 and with with that said um i don't look at it as a goal of being under 220 uh from like start to finish i look at it as like you know i'd love to lose like 50 pounds in the next six months 
or, you know, right now I'm working towards my brother's wedding, which is like a, a post I made just the other day. And it's, I wanted to lose, like, I want to be under 300 pounds by my brother's wedding. Um, these are like very specific goals. And, and I really think the time piece is important because um, that's what's really going to drive you and motive, like either motivate you or not hold you accountable. If you just say, well, I want to lose 50 pounds, but you can do that in the next 30 years or you can do it in the next six months. Like you're going to take it a lot more serious if you're putting that six month time constraint. I, I completely agree. And I think having vaguer goals allows us to not really work towards them. You know, it allows you to say you're doing it, but you know, what is the, what is the actual benchmark you're trying to hit? And I, and I think that's something that, that people, you know, on the on the flip side of it will be like, well, you know, if you set a specific weight goal with time on it and you don't hit it, you're going to derail completely and go off. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to do some assessment on why was that goal not the goal I, you know, I, I might have should have set. Like, what are the things I need to, you know, refocus? What are the ways I can look, dig deeper into it? What did I learn from that experience? Like having to see it as a, as a continual growing process. And and I do want to highlight just for, you know, just to make sure we talk about it, like you were talking about the nutritionist that you worked with, Noah, like he's, if, you know, he's transformational truth is his IG handle, isn't it? Yeah, because I follow Noah, he, he puts out, you know, he, he's, he's definitely a deep thinker, I think, when it comes to all of these things. So, you know, it's, he's someone who goes well beyond, you know, just do X, Y, and Z. Like, I, I think, you know, you can see just in the, the stuff he posts that he's, for himself on his own journey, but then also, you know, for the people he's working with, you know, he's, I can see him pushing you to, you know, keep asking that, that why question to you find out what the real answer is, because I, I think that's so really important that you, you figure that, and I, and it's cheesy because, you know, there's books now, you know, the importance of why and like all these things. Like if you, if you go on Amazon and type the word why in, you're going to see 500 books about it. And it's cliche. Sometimes cliches are cliches for a reason because they're important. And and if you don't really have a real sense of why you're you're making changes and why you're adjusting behavior and why you're setting goals, it's easy to lose that accountability. It's easy to lose that focus, you know, when you're allowing yourself to not be as as specified. So I think it's good to hear that you're not just thinking, you know, big picture, but you're also looking at, you know, here's some very specific things that I'm working on today, this week, this month, the next six months. Like having levels to the to your goals, I think is really smart. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's just something that you really have to do. Like you said, you have to have an end goal. You have to have like benchmarks. Um, you, you can't just be afraid to fail. I, I, I agree with you. I think that's the biggest um, pitfall for a lot of people because, you know, a lot of us are used to failing so much, especially when it comes to weight loss and letting that fear of like not hitting your goal, allowing you not to set specific goals is, is just such a counterproductive uh, argument that you no, know, like you want to be you want to focus on like well i mean if if you lost it all you got to at least like take the good with the bad like okay i didn't hit my goal but in these six months that i was trying to lose 50 i lost 12 or 30 or 48 you know whatever it is but real recognizing that the six months before you started losing weight you probably gained like 50 pounds or like 20 pounds i don't know what it is so just understanding that even if there's almost no progress, it's, at least you're not sliding further the opposite way. And so goals serve such an important purpose in really making sure that you're achieving something. And like you, like you said, it, it gives you a point to reflect. 
uh, understand where things have gone wrong and things that you can prove on. And it's that that's what this journey is all about is, is learning about yourself, how your body responds to certain things. Um, having the goals really helps you kind of figure that out. And what do you think is the biggest piece of advice you'd give to someone who's sitting here listening to us talk about goals and is, is having real trouble identifying what their goals even should be? Like, what, what do you think is, is the biggest thing they should think about? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing uh, to think about, wow, uh, it, it really has to be just like breaking it into something that's attainable. I think one of the, the, the hardest things of setting goals is making it attainable. So when you set that first goal of like, okay, I want to lose 250 pounds. It's like, okay, that's, that's a, that's a good goal to have, but breaking it up into actionable steps, like this week, I want to lose one pound. I mean, it, it's, it's a hybrid. My answer is like, it's a hybrid of you have to make a goal that allows you to get started and, and make progress, but you also want to make goals that are attainable and achievable um, that that are going to stretch you a little bit. I mean, you do need to push yourself a little bit outside of your comfort zone because our comfort zone has got us in a, a very bad situation right now. For sure, man. And, and I think you highlighted it. You know, the if people haven't heard of, of it, there's there's a model for goal setting, you know, called SMART goals. It's an acronym and you went through it. So if someone out there is just struggling with how to start making these actionable, achievable goals for themselves, Google that. There's a ton of information about, you know, using that procedure to help you put those goals into place. Like sometimes some people are, are so kind of hyper aware already that they can just start writing those goals down. And I think sometimes it's good to find different tools that help us. And Smart goals are great in business and, you know, health, fitness, weight loss, whatever area of your life you want to work on things like that can be a great model to follow. Absolutely. That's awesome, man. So you, you've taken us through this this great journey and kind of mindset change of yourself. So like what I, what I'm just curious about is, is we're coming kind of an end of our time together. Like, so what are the things that comfort you now? Like we, we talked a lot about food being, you know, a, a coping mechanism and, and an emotional comfort for you. Like where, where do you turn to for that comfort now in your life, man? Yeah. So I think comfort now is, is, uh, has really been things like being able to do things now, of course, you know, with, with Corona right now, it's, it's a little hard to, to go out and do things, but I'm, I'm starting to get these like small wins, you know, like I, I flew on a plane and didn't have to ask for a seatbelt extender. That was, that was so, so huge for me. Um, you know, normally I would just like hide the fact that like the seatbelt didn't fit and pray that our plane didn't crash. So um, it, it's such an embarrassing thing to even ask for, but getting to that point, like just recognizing these small goals gives me so much more comfort and, and really helps me maintain that focus. Um, you know, I've really, you know, for the, the first like hundred pounds I lost was primarily just through modification of my diet and like trying to be more intentional with what I'm putting in my body. Um, now I'm, I'm really embracing like the physical aspect and, and I can't wait to, to get back into a gym. I'm, I'm tr like I said, I'm training for a 5k and, and every day I, I can see different, like see a difference in like how far I can run, how fast am I going? Um, you know, my time is decreasing every day. Um, all of these things, like I, I look towards those things to really give me comfort of knowing that I'm doing the right thing. And, um, 
you know, I think more than anything, like I, I just, I, I, I want to fit in with all of my peers and my family and um, just realizing that I'm going to be able to do more things with them. Uh, these are the things I really try to focus on and uh, use as like reminders of why I'm, I'm not falling into bad habits. So uh, I don't know if that's really finding comfort in those things, but it's definitely finding a, a motivation for sure. Definitely. And, and I think it's reflective of your minds, the mindset change in general that you've been through, you know, the strength you've built there. So I think that sounds great, man. So, so Matt, is there anything in your journey or, you know, that you wanted to talk about today that we haven't really had a chance to dive into yet? Not, not really. I mean, uh, this has been great. Like I feel, you know, just talking about it, like gets me more energized. Like I'm ready to go, go out and do my 5k for the day now. So, um, yeah, just, uh, this has been, this has been great. And, uh, like I said, I hope this helps somebody, uh, understand that you're, you know, you're not alone going through these, uh, you can do it and, and to set goals. That's my big takeaway. Definitely, man. Definitely. And you're, you're in Georgia, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. How hot is it going to be there today? Uh, I think today it's probably going to be somewhere in like 85 to 90 range, which is, which is a little brutal. I try to get my runs earlier because of that reason, but uh, yeah, but it, it's, it's been a lot better as you know, you know, I used to live in Boston up, up near your neck of the woods and uh, actually getting a nice summer is uh, such a nice change. So, well, uh, you know, I, I feel like I've only lived in new England during the, winters like every time i've moved i've i've missed out on the the beautiful summers that you get in new england so um i kind of going back to the worst part of of georgia which is the heat but um excited nonetheless to have a lot more sunshine <laughs> definitely man definitely so i i'm sure that's going to be a, that'll be a good a, a good challenge for you today you know yeah. i'm sure there'll be a little bit of there'll be a little bit of sweating involved with that a little that bit day today a little bit just a little bit just a little bit <laughs> <laughs> that that's awesome man that's yeah. awesome i'm really and and i uh, i'm obviously really grateful that you came on the show today and i feel like you you really went in deep into where your your kind of your your choices in your life took you and then how you were able to kind of work your way through it all so i just really appreciate that man and if anyone out there wants to talk to you about this journey that you've been on and, and connect with you, how do they find your Instagram? Yeah. So Instagram is fat, the number two, and then fit dot Matt. Um, so that and they can reach out to me. I answer, I'm still, I'm still unpopular enough where I can answer everybody that sends me a message. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm always happy to, to help. I've had so many people that I've reached out to uh, like yourself and just like, gotten that encouragement. Um, you know, our guy Poro as well. He's been so, uh, just, just a lot of people that I've seen that have done it and I've reached out to have been so receptive and so open to helping people. I want to make sure that I continue to do the same. Definitely, man. I think there's, there's some real power in that Instagram community. So it's, it's good, good to know that there's someone else out there, you know, to support people and also use that support to help, help yourself continue moving forward. That sounds great. Absolutely. So Matt, I end every episode with five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? <laughs> I guess I am. Okay, man, here we go. Question number one. Tell us, living or dead, Matt, who is your favorite fat guy? Oh, Chris Farley, for sure. There we go. I think that's that's a, that's an answer I hear a lot. So I, I a lot of people are nodding their heads right now. Yeah. 
Definitely. Question number two, Matt. What is one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you? Ooh. Um, uh, the biggest lesson that I've learned is not to take your health for granted. I mean, uh, there's, there's so many things that I've missed out on already that I um, have, you know, huge regrets about. I think um, now that I'm getting into like a much healthier body and, and healthier mindset, just recognizing how much that we're capable capable of doing, but um, but you can't all put it just on your weight either. So kind of a two part of there. Definitely. Question number three, Matt. What is one piece of advice you would go back in time and give your past self? Oof. Um, one piece of advice is is. Don't emotional eat, I guess. I just, um, I think the food aspect of, of everything for me has been so much more important um, of, of recognizing. And if I could do anything, it would be, you know, don't put as much importance on on what you're eating and, uh, you know, when you're eating, how you're eating. Just, just go enjoy and, and be a lot more in the moment. I like it, man. Question number four, Matt, what is something about yourself that you love? Um, let's see, thing that I love, I love my competitiveness. Um, I really embrace that and, and I hate to lose. Um, and so now losing this weight, I feel like I'm going to be able to challenge my, my two brothers to a race, maybe not in the next year, but soon enough we'll, uh, we'll do that. And you best believe it'll be loaded up on my, on my stories. Nice, nice. I'll, I'll look forward to, to seeing that happen, man. That's awesome. That's a great idea. And Matt, question number five, last one for you today. What is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Yeah. Um, big goal right now is um, just it's it's actually more of a mental thing. So, you know, through the, all this weight loss and, and uh, there's a there's a huge impact on your mental health. And so for me, um, my goal is, is I've been getting a lot more into meditation and, and different uh, aspects to really support mental health. And um, I'm, I'm hoping like my biggest goal right now is just to continue growing in that and become stronger mentally um, and just uh, be a lot more happier with life. That sounds fantastic, man. That's a good goal that I think everyone should have. Yeah. So Matt, I just wanted to say thank you again for coming on the show and, and being so open with, with the audience. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. And, uh, you know, looking forward to continue talking in the future. Definitely, man. Definitely. And everyone out there, thank you so much for, for coming to another episode of the fat guy forum. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at gourmet underscore goes underscore keto on Twitter at gourmet goes keto. Also, as you know, if you're interested in one-on-one coaching with the ketogenic slant, you can now reach out to me through any of those channels, but you can also go to www.theketoroad.com. And then, my friends, one more thing for you today. Please remember to go out there and do something to amaze yourself today because I know you're amazing people. And then come back and catch us on the next Fat Guy Forum. 